great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. This Memorial Day, get more for your money at Meyer. Grilled tasty burgers with 80% lean ground beef at $1.99 per pound. And Kingsford Twin Pack Original Charcoal for $17.99. Coca-Cola products are buy five, save $5, plus deposit where applicable. And shop the same low in-store prices using home delivery or pickup. Exclusions apply. Plus, Meyer credit card holders get 10 cents off per gallon at Meyer gas stations. Meyer credit card offers subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions apply. Details at Meyer.com slash credit card. See the deals in the Meyer app. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Mary Bailey, and we're going to be speaking to Mary about her book, which is entitled Jesus My Son, and her website is www.jesusmyson.com. And Mary, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. It's good to be here. Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a retired technology professional. I retired from the Commonwealth of Kentucky Mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. 
and I have enjoyed my retirement considerably. I have two sons, seven grandchildren, all since I retired. I have a husband of 40 years, and we we uh, share our time between Frankfort, Kentucky here, and Seawing, Florida. My goodness. Um, what was your inspiration in writing your book, Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life? The inspiration came from a sermon one Sunday morning. Uh, mm-hmm. Brother Joe Brown preached a sermon about Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to the temple for a redemption ceremony. And in that sermon, he talked about Mary and Joseph offering the sacrifice, which was an unblemished, which was at two turtle doves. And he went on to read in the Levitical law about this sacrifice being a sacrifice of the poor. And it just kind of hit me that day. He, I, I'd say he really lit a spark in my heart. And God kept fueling that spark until I just wanted to write because I thought about how awful or how strange Mary's life must have been, how different, because here she was. She had the Messiah. She had the Savior of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And all she had was a sacrifice of the poor. So with that inspiration, I kept uh, writing. I just started writing about different things that I thought Mary would feel, the different ways she would feel about things, like as a young teenage pregnant girl, which is what she was, whose fiancé didn't believe her story, how she would feel when she gave birth, when the shepherds came storming in that stable. I'm sure she was scared to death, as most teenage girls would have been. And I just kept... uh, writing things, and I kept getting information from TVs, from radios, from other sermons. Whenever I needed something, I would get stuck on some idea, God would provide me a means to answer my question. You know, you, you said when the when the shepherds barged in, basically, I, I thought that they were invited in. The angel appeared to the shepherds. The angels appeared to shepherds while they were watching their mm-hmm. flock at night. Yeah, I understand that part. Mary, but when it actually gets down to the manger, you know, wasn't the manger open to the public anyway? The manger was open to the public, probably. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, from my research, a lot of the, the manger was probably a cave mm-hmm. in the rocks. Where most of the stables, stables were at that time. They were like caves that were built in the rocks. And so the angels were invited in by the, the shepherds were invited yeah. in by the angels. But I don't think Mary knew they were coming. I so I'm, I'm thinking about Mary sitting there. She'd just given birth, just with her and Joseph there. She'd just given them birth. And she was sitting there holding this little baby. But, but she, she, also, she also knew that she was, she was carrying the Savior. So wouldn't she have had an idea that strange things were going to happen at the moment of his birth and that she should expect the unexpected. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Mary Bailey's my special guest this hour. Her website is JesusMySon.com. Don't go away. We'll be back. Everybody needs a little time away 
Explanation, my guest this hour is Mary Bailey. She's the author of Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life. Her website is JesusMySon.com. What I was getting at um, before we went to the commercial break, and I'm sorry that it came up so fast, was that, you know, Mary had already had angelic presences, and, you know, it, it shouldn't have come to her as a surprise that that there there would be so many mysterious and yet wonderful events that would happen to her, not only prior to the birth of Christ, but after his birth. And, and I would imagine that the angels telling the shepherds was an invitation that they would be welcomed at the scene of the, of the birth of Christ. And I think they were welcomed. But like I'm saying, I think Mary was sitting there holding her baby, just had just given birth, and she's mm-hmm. quite scared anyway. She's a young teenage girl. And for all of a sudden, a bunch of dirty, smelly shepherds to run in. Now, wait a second. Now, wait a second. Now, wait a second. Now, wait a second. I think that's being rather <laughs> harsh. You know, because they were, you know, they were, they were asked, they were told of the birth. So, you know, whether they were shepherds, whether they were farmers, or whether whatever, you know, they're out tending their flocks. They, you know, like they were doing what they did, you know. So why, you know, I think it's rather harsh to, 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 to talk about them in a negative way. I'm not talking about them in a negative way because, really, you got to look at shepherds at that time. Shepherds at that time were very untrustworthy people. They were probably the lowest form of people alive at that time. In fact, they were so untrustworthy, their testimony couldn't even be used in a court of law. So I think Mary mm-hmm. knew she had this king this baby who was going to inherit the king of the throne of David. That's what Gabriel had told her. So when the shepherds, the lowliest of the low, came in, I'm sure she was surprised. I think she accepted it when she saw how they bowed and adored him and started worshiping him. I think, but I think the first instant, she was very surprised and very scared. And I think that's why I used the journal format in my book. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to tell of Mary's feelings. We never think about how Mary felt during all these things. And you're right. These people were all invited, and a lot of things happened, but we never realized how Mary felt. And I don't think Mary really knew what to expect. She was... She, the, the angel Gabriel told her she was going to have a son mm-hmm. who would inherit the throne of David. Now, as a teenage girl, I think Mary thought that was going to be a big mansion somewhere. And I think most of the well, people didn't believe the shepherds. We know that mm-hmm. because when the shepherds left proclaiming and praising God, nobody believed them. Well, if you they might, had you, it, you think Mary and Joseph and the baby would have been allowed to return home? Well, you must admit it was a rather startling story that the shepherds were were spreading, that it would raise skepticism even in today's society, let alone 2,000 years ago. Of course it would, and I think it did then, too. And I think... People looked at them like, who do they think they are? That mm-hmm. the Messiah, our Savior, would appear to somebody as lowly as them? 
Tell me, what qualifies you to write this book? What qualified me? You know, Rob, I'm not any more qualified than anybody else to write this Mm -hmm. book. It's biblical fiction. It doesn't take a special talent to apply the thoughts and milestones of a young boy to Jesus' life, and that's what I did. I took everyday happenings and applied them to Jesus' life and Mary's life through Mary's eyes. But the only difference in me or you or anybody else who could have written this book is that little spark that God started in my heart. He gave me the motivation, he gave me the drive, and he gave me the insight that I needed to develop the story the way I hope he wanted it developed. Why so was why a was lot of qualifications? It's just that it was the quality of drive was given to me. Why was Mary chosen for this awesome event? Well, I think she's uh, to me. It's just God looked just like God looked at David's heart when He chose David to be king. God looked at Mary's heart the same way and thought that she was qualified to handle the challenge of being the mother of his son. And I think that was that was had that had to be an awesome thing, but I really also believe there was something that put Mary apart from all the other young virgin girls during that time. I think most young virgin girls during the time of Jesus were very righteous, devout girls. You know, they, they, they didn't run around. If they did, they were stoned to death. All kinds of things happened to them at that time if they were rambunctious little girls. So I think most of the little girls during Jesus' time were righteous. And i that's where I get my idea for my book. I believe that Mary was able to write, and most people would say mm-hmm. that couldn't have happened during those times. Girls couldn't write. But I feel like Mary's mother and father, gave, they were wise enough to know that it was okay for a girl to write, to learn to read and write also. So I think Mary learned to read and write just like her brother when he was going through his studies in their home. And I think that's another reason. And this is where I use my literary license a little bit. There's nothing in Scripture that tells us this. In fact, I've had people say, there's no way Mary could have done this. So I use my literary license to say, this is the way my story comes out in a journal. I want Mary to be able to write her feelings. So this is a little special thing that Mary had that set her apart from all the other young virgin girls. But first and foremost, God looked at her heart and saw that her heart was ready to accept that challenge. If, if God chose Mary for this awesome event, was Joseph also selected by God, and if so, why? I think Joseph had to be selected by God. You have to look at Joseph, and there's scripture that kind of gives us a lot of insight in Joseph. When you look at the writings in Matthew, there's a two, Matthew and Luke are the only two uh, Gospels who talk about the birth. When you look at what's written in Matthew, it had to come from somebody very close to Joseph, because that is Joseph's story. It's very cut, it's very dry. They they were engaged to be married. Mary got pregnant. Joseph had in mind to put her away privately. And then the angel appeared to Joseph. Now, my first thought when I read that, and it really got me thinking, is why would Joseph want to put her away privately? You know, she had just told him that she had conceived the child of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he didn't believe her. 
Why wasn't he celebrating? That's my point exactly. He should have been celebrating, but mm-hmm. instead, he didn't believe her. And you can't fault Joseph because there's not many people today. You take men today, if they, they're engaged to a teenage girl and she comes up and says, I'm going to have a baby and it's the seed of the Holy Spirit. There aren't very many people who are going to believe that. And I think Joseph especially thought, like everybody else, mm-hmm. the Messiah will not come from a humble peasant girl like Mary. So I think the fact that Mary wanted to put her, that Joseph wanted to put her away privately says a lot about Joseph. First of all, it says he didn't want to have her stoned to death. He only had three options. He could have had her stoned to death, and he didn't want to do that. He could have put her away privately, which is what Matthew tells us he meant to do, or he could have gone ahead and married her. Is it Joseph. possible? Is it possible that it was Joseph who actually got Mary pregnant, and they created this entire scenario to save faith? I do not believe that. No, I'm not. I no, I'm, no I'm not asking you if you believe it. I'm asking you if it's possible. I don't think it's possible. Why not? Because we have scripture that tells us completely differently, and that I doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's true. Because there's nobody around in this time that was around in that time that could collaborate the evidence. No, but there were a lot of people around at that time who wrote the gospels. <clears throat> pardon me, who wrote the gospels that tells us this is what happened. But there are only two that actually wrote the gospel. There are only two, and one of them is Matthew. And this is one point where I'm saying that uh, when I needed something to find out what something, mm-hmm. how something happened, God provided an answer. Because I kept thinking, how did Matthew know this? How did Matthew know those intimate details that Joseph, about Joseph? There's very few people that... He, Joseph wasn't proud of the fact that he didn't believe Mary. I mean, after all, he, an angel appeared to him. He realized she was carrying the Son, also, the son of God also. So he wasn't proud of the fact that he didn't believe her. So when that Sunday night... And at Revival Church and preacher said, some scholars believe that Joseph had a brother, his name is Alphaeus, and he had two sons, Matthew and James. So Matthew was very possibly Joseph's nephew. And he heard what he wrote directly from his father or from his uncle Joseph. And he is probably the only person besides Joseph and Mary who knew that Joseph had in mind to put her away privately. Because it's not something he'd been proud of. Is that in the Bible? It is in the Bible. Well, it's what in the Bible? Well, you just told us about uh, Matthew and James being possibly cousins to no, Jesus. No, that is, that's through a lot of research, through a lot of scholars' research. But if it's... I it, found it in I, my I, research, and this preacher found it also, so I felt like it was... If some scholars believe that, I, I had the... Like I say, this is fiction, you got to remember, mm-hmm. but I think it's very valid fiction. It could very poss- possibly happen that way, because it had to be. It had to be somebody close to Joseph to know this. If the events really happened. If the events really happened. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. That's our telephone number here for the Exxon. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, November, we move to the Niagara Now TV studios in Niagara Falls, Ontario, where we'll be broadcasting our show nightly, Monday through Friday. And uh, you'll, you're welcome to join us. We have a full uh, studio theater over there where you can join us. The doors will be opening at, I believe, at 9 o'clock in the evening, and you'll be able to stay with us and talk to our, our guests. And uh, we're just going to have a blast. That's starting November this year in the year 2010. 
My guest of this hour is Mary Bailey. She's the author of Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life. Her website is www.jesusmyson.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Mary Bailey is my guest of this hour, Exonation. She's the author of Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life. Her website is www.jesusmyson.com. Mary, why is there so little written in the Bible about the younger years of Christ? I don't know, unless, from what I think, it's that they're not that important. I think they're important to know that Jesus was a very normal child, but I don't think he received the ability to do his ministry work until he was baptized. So what happened before, in fact, if you looked at John, John doesn't mention the early life of Jesus at all, nothing about it. And I think to John, Jesus' life as the Messiah didn't really begin until he was baptized. But don't you find that don't you find that strange? I've always found that very strange. That here we've got the Messiah, his his pre-birth, his birth is is documented, and then there's such a a gap. In his birth and pre-birth is documented very seldom. There's only like 184 verses in the whole Bible that mention that, and. I've, I've kind of wondered about it, but at the same time, if people had known, if we had known more about Jesus' life during that time, what would it be? That he cut a first tooth, that he uh, he ran a race, 
that he had brothers and sisters. Well, wouldn't that be very important? Wouldn't that be very important to know if Christ did have brothers and sisters? Well, he did have brothers and sisters. It says he had names four brothers and two and at least sisters. You know, at least two because it was a plural for sisters. So he did, and I think it's important in my book. I think it's very relevant because he had a family life. What was his family actually, life? What was his family life like in your book? His family life. Jesus was a very loving, caring brother to his brothers and sisters. He was a very loving, caring son to Mary. Uh, he was a very normal child. He uh, did all the things. He had chores that he had mm-hmm. to do every night. I think he probably ran a pottery mill for a time. I think he probably played, wanted to play the harp, which is what every kid that age was doing at the time. He did help Joseph in the carpentry business. We do know that. That's in the that is documented that he helped his father, that he stayed and he grew in wisdom and stature with God and me. And that's all we know about those first 30 years. So I think those first 30 years, God was preparing him by letting him live a very normal life, just like he went to school. It was mandatory education at that time, so he did go to school in the synagogue. He was taught by the synagogue. He probably read scrolls from the synagogue from the time he was 13. He probably... A lot of things that, most of the things that young boys do today, just in a different manner. He played games, he had friends. His home life, I think it was probably a very small home. In fact, I think when they first uh, got married, it was probably, he. they probably had two rooms. One was in Joseph's shop and one was for their living quarters. Most houses in that time were built in caves. There would be a big oven in the house and above the house would be the bed where they slept and it oven kind of kept them warm and kind of conserved space. So I think he lived a very normal fam- family life. The food they ate, they ate the roasted lamb, they ate a lot of fruits. I'd just and, like to go back to the nativity scene if for, for a moment or two. The three kings, the three wise men, when did they actually come to visit Christ? Well, if you look at that whole scenario when they are in the cave, mm-hmm. they were they the Mary was the baby was born, and then they had to wait eight days and it was circumcised. And then they had to wait thirty three more days for the purification and the redemption ceremony where Jesus was presented in the temple. Now we I've talked earlier about the sacrifice they used for that redemption ceremony was the two turtle doves. Mm-hmm. Instead of the unblemished lamb, which is the requirement, instead if they can't, if you can't afford uh, an unblemished lamb, then two turtle doves will do. So at that point, Mary and Joseph were very poor. They had no money. I believe that Magi could not have visited before those 42 days, or Mary, being a young teenage girl, would have made sure they had that unblemished lamb, which was a sacrifice of the wealthy for once she would want the sacrifice of the wealthy for this Messiah, for this king she was carrying. So I believe that Magi visited sometimes really soon after they presented Jesus in the temple, but before they had a chance to start back home because it says they did visit them in Bethlehem and their home was in Nazareth. So I think just a very few days while they were getting ready to go back home, the Magi visited and instead of going home, they used the money from the gifts that the Magi had given them to go to Egypt. What other discrepancies do you believe you've you've uncovered in the in the story of Christ? 
discrepancies, I wouldn't call them discrepancies. I really not tried to contradict anything that's in the scripture. That was first and foremost. I didn't want to take away from anything that was there. I just wanted to kind of give substance mm -hmm. to what was there. And when you look at Matthew and Luke, they're all written from a, it's, they're just, they're very cut and dry stories. And when you look at them, it looks like they're talking about two different complete stories. But when you look at them through the eyes of Mary, they kind of they fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. Like when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, I've read this story many hundreds of times. And when I started reading it and really looking at it, it Mary just didn't go visit Elizabeth. She hurried to Elizabeth. And this is why I think when you asked me earlier if I believed it really happened, that they just can see just kind of make the story up because she did get pregnant. Uh, they, Mary would not have felt like she had to hurry to Elizabeth if that had really happened. I feel like Mary was hurrying because she really didn't know what Joseph was going to do to her because he, th she, he thought she had been unfaithful. And so she was actually running away from home. I've often wondered why she went to visit for three months. Why, would, why didn't she stay there and celebrate with her fiancé and with her parents? Why didn't they celebrate this glorious news? But she didn't. She ran away. She hurried. She hurried to Elizabeth and Zacharias. And I feel like God intended for her to do that. He didn't appear to Joseph till after she had hurried to Elizabeth because he needed her to learn what she could from Elizabeth. God knew where Mary was going to be when she gave birth to his son. He wanted her to be as prepared as she possibly could for this experience. And watching Mary give birth to John and studying with Zachariah and Elizabeth for those three months helped her. She was probably feeling very doubtful herself whether this was really this really happened, especially when Joseph didn't believe her. So going to Elizabeth and Zachariah, when she walked in the door, Elizabeth's baby left in her womb. This confirmed <clears throat> to Mary that she really was carrying the Messiah. When Elizabeth said, why would my mother, the mother of my Lord come to visit me? It just helped confirm to Mary and then when she did the Magnificat, when she did her song, Mary needed that encouragement. She needed what she could learn from Zachariah and Elizabeth, and God knew that. And that's why he didn't appear to Joseph before Mary told him what was going on. Here we have the Messiah, the King his father is God. Did Christ perform any miracles as a youngster? We don't know, because there's not very much written about him. When did he We don't really know, but when you look at the first public miracle that Jesus performed, mm -hmm. the wedding in Canaan when he turned the water to wine, we can get a lot by just looking at that scripture. First of all, that wedding had to be very special to Mary. As a guest, you're not really too concerned about the water, the wine shortage. You know, as a normal guest in a wedding ceremony, it happens all the time. People get a little bit rowdy in a wedding, they drink too much wine. But this had to be very special to Mary for her to want that wine shortage replenished. And I'm assuming in my book that this was probably one of Mary's daughters. This was probably Jesus' baby sister that was being married. And since Joseph had already died, Mary would have probably taken the role of giving this baby sister away. He would, that's why he went to the wedding. If you noticed, he'd already gotten his followers, or some of his followers at that time, and they were all invited to the wedding. 
So they went to the wedding to perform this duty. Mm-hmm. You look at what's said in that scripture there. Mary just, she doesn't ask Jesus anything. She just tells him, they are out of wine. That's all she says. And then Jesus, he says, why are you asking me this? It's not my time yet. She completely ignored him. She just completely ignored that answer and goes to the head waiter and says, do whatever he tells you to do. She knew without a doubt that Jesus could take care of that wine shortage. She had seen him perform much more when he was living at home. I wonder if that was part of God's plan to use Jesus as a wine caterer. Well, I think it's all part of God's plan. Anything Jesus did, I think, was a part of a more divine plan than just something that happened. But I think he put it all together. And the reason this he did, he changed the water to wine, this miracle, was so that the believers that were with him, so that they could start believing also. I mean, he had just gotten these, I think there's six of them were with him at the time. He just picked these up, people up and said, let's go home and go, let's go to this wedding. Tell me, and do you they think... had given up everything to follow him, and they mm-hmm. needed to be affirmed that this really was a Messiah, that he really did have a lot more powers than just somebody they were following. Tell me, do you think that Jesus was actually married to Mary Magdalene, or do you think this is all smoke and mirrors? I think that's all smoke and mirrors. I really do. I think Jesus was married to his father. I think he he was completely... Completely devoted to his father. Shouldn't we say that Jesus was devoted to his father? I think by saying Jesus is married, was married to his father, that might give people the wrong impression. I didn't say married, did I? Yeah, <laughs> I you didn't did. mean to. But he was definitely devoted to his father. His, his 24-7, he was mm-hmm. Christ-driven. He was driven by his father to perform his mission. So why do, you, right. why do you think the controversy with Mary Magdalene and the Holy Grail has... has uh, you know, popped up. Well, if, whatever you do, especially when you deal with the Scripture, there's mm-hmm. going to be controversy, and there are going to be people who want to make it as controversial as possible. Now, I think Mary Magdalene was a key person in Jesus' life. I think she was a follower, just like his mother Mary was a follower at times. I think they provided a lot for Jesus. I think they... they helped console the sick people. I think they helped the people. I think they were there as a purpose. We don't really know what they did. We just know that they followed them. A lot of them followed them, and that they were there for for Jesus, as, for some, as much as support for anything else. You know, Jesus had to get, get weary, of, and all of his followers, too. I think more support for his followers in Jesus, because Jesus enjoyed everything he did. He was following his Father's mission. He was... Pre- preparing for what God had planned for him. But the, his followers, I think, required a lot more. I think they needed even people to cook for him and people to do things for him. I think that was the role. I think they were, the women were there for a specific role. Do you think that there might have been some pressure put on the early doctrines that you can't have someone like Mary Magdalene sharing the limelight with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and this is why Mary Magdalene might have been put into the the background as she has? I think that's... We're talking about two completely different people. 
I think as far as Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm-hmm. her role was raising Jesus the first 30 years, and then Jesus completely disowned her. He really disowned her when they went to, to get him when he was preaching. She and her brothers went to get him, and he pretty much disowned her and said, you are not my family anymore. Now, I think there's a reason for that, and I think that that comes out in my next book. But as far as Mary Magdalene, I don't think there was any competition there at all. I don't think there was any similarity in the roles they played at all. I just I think they were both there to, to they were both there to support Jesus, but in a different manner. Mm. All right, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exo Nation. Mary Bailey's our guest this hour. The name of her book is Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life. It is a fictional account. Her website is www.jesusmyson.com, and her book is available at Barnes & Noble. It's also available at authorhouse.com, amazon.com, and as I said, barnesandnoble.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Trust them just once more. Nation, Mary Bailey has been our guest this hour. She's the author of Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and AuthorHouse.com. Her website, www.JesusMySon.com. Mary, what do you hope to accomplish with your book, Jesus, My Son? Well, the whole purpose in my book was to give substance to what's already written about Jesus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just I wanted to let people know that Jesus really was a, a boy, just like children today, that Mary really was a mother, like mothers today. It gives insight into what Jesus may have done, into what Mary, how Mary may have raised her son. Mary was always expecting something better. I think she was always expecting that kingdom that the Gabriel promised mm-hmm. her, but yet she lived a very humble existence for her whole life. 
And I think mothers today do that too. I think everybody today, every mother today, is always looking for something better for their children. I think Mary was no different than that. I think by seeing Jesus as a child, we learn to to feel the pain when Jesus is hanging on that cross. Instead of, when I take communion now and I see the broken bread and the wine that represents the blood, I don't see that grown man hanging on that cross anymore. I see a young toddler running through the fields with his mother. I see a young boy playing with other young boys. I see him just like I see a lot of people a lot of kids, a lot of children today, and a lot of mothers today. He was a human being in every sense of the word for those first 30 years. And I think we lose that sometimes. And by getting that feeling, we can relate to Jesus more by thinking that he is just like we are today. His mother is just like we are today. What do you think Jesus would say if he was to return this very day at the condition and situation that the world is in? Oh my, what's happened? Mm. I just, I feel like he is, we have completely, I won't say completely because we do have some very strong Christians still here and I think there's a, there's a strong voice out there. We just need to get them all together and sometimes that's very hard to do. But I think when Jesus looks at what's going on with the teenagers today and and what they're exposed to, teenagers are what they are brought up to be, and what they're exposed to, I think, is is, is sad, and I think Jesus cries every well, time. Well, you know, he, I, I, I don't know if Jesus would approve of Pastor Jones in Florida burning the Koran, and uh, Pastor Jones certainly is no uh, no teenager. I don't think Jesus would approve of that either. No, I neither think do there's I. a lot of blogs about that yeah. right now. That Mary, we've got to say so long. I do want to thank you very much for coming on the show. Continued success with your book, and I look forward to talking to you when your new book comes out. Thank you very much. I you, really appreciate the time. You take care of yourself now. Nice talking to you. you, you Mary Bailey has been our very special guest this hour, Exo Nation, a lady who stands her ground, and she knows her. Uh, she certainly does know her scripture. Nice talking to her. Her website, www.jesusmyson.com, and her book is available at authorhouse.com, amazon.com, and Barnes & Noble. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the Great Resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9 to 5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. 
Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.